You gecko files make me sick. Every Christmas at the Rafferty house, after the unwrapping of the gifts, comes a second, lesser-known ritual. The deadhesifying of the gifts. Unlike the unwrapping ritual, this ritual is less about the ripping and the tearing, and more about the peeling and the not tearing. You see, of my many neuroses, one of the more powerful ones is a desire to remove adhesives from things. I have no idea where this came from. This is usually where I would insert some witty parenthetical possibility, but honestly, I have no idea where it comes from. No, really. This compulsion is more powerful than my need to avoid Buffy spoilers, but less powerful than my need to constantly wash my hands. I'd say it's hovering right around my aversion to coconut. Basically, it goes like this. When you buy something new, it's covered in labels and cellophane and other detritus. These things, for whatever reason, drive me crazy. Possibly because I'm crazy. I see them, and like an abused girlfriend in an after-school special, I rock back and forth naked in the shower, mumbling, can't get clean, can't get clean, until I remove them. Okay, I might be exaggerating. That's what happens when I eat coconut. On the whole, I'm actually a big fan of adhesion. Me and adhesion were like this. I'm twisting my two fingers together right now and feigning difficulty pulling them apart. It's a joke, you see. Which does not work very well when you can't see it. Moving on. I offer as proof of my allegiance to adherence that once as a young boy I attempted to glue my hands together. This was accomplished by smothering my hands in Elmer's glue and then standing in front of an oscillating fan with my palms pressed together for about ten minutes until my mother found me. They were just starting to stick together when she found me shuffling back and forth. I'm not sure what I was trying to accomplish with my sticky fingers on that fateful day. Perhaps I was trying to be a gecko. This seems plausible as geckos have sticky hands and I was a small boy, and small boys are obsessed with dinosaurs, and what is a gecko really other than a dinosaur who never really grew up? Do you know how a gecko sticks to surfaces? I don't think you do. This is amazing. So you've got your gecko, right? He's trying to sell you car insurance or sounds mysteriously like Johnny Depp, you know, typical gecko behavior. Or behavior, if you're Johnny Depp and pretending to be British. So you say, hey gecko, can I look at your feet? And the gecko is all, what are you, some sort of gecko file with a foot fetish? Is this how you get your jollies? And you say, no gecko, this is for science. And the gecko says, oh, it's for science. Why didn't you say so? In that case, come with me. And the gecko takes you over to his electron-scanning microscope, which he keeps around for occasions such as these. If you look at a gecko's foot under a super-crazy high-powered microscope, you'll see millions of super-teeny-tiny hairs on the surface of the foot. Like, crazy tiny. And if you zoom in on one of those hairs and crank the magnification up from super-crazy high to super-duper insanely too powerful, you'll see another thousand hairs on that hair. Hairs on hairs? What? Now, now here's where it gets crazy. What if I told you each of those super tiny hairs on normal tiny hairs were, in addition to being super tiny, also super sticky? Well, I am telling you that. I just told you. I know, right? So yes, apparently these tiny setae, as they are known, are so strong that a gecko can attach itself to an object using just a single finger. Damn. And unlike our boring human tapes and glues and things, a gecko sete work drier, wet, hotter, cold, and even in a vacuum. I trust no geckos were harmed in the vacuum experiment. I'm picturing tiny oxygen masks. As far as super efficient stickiness goes, the best we humans have is super glue. If you're stuck on a desert island, full of coconuts, no! 
and through some strange turn of events you're forced to choose one type of glue to live with the rest of your life, you're going to go with super glue. That is, unless, of course, you have some sort of gecko foot-based glue option available to you. Superglue, or cyanoacrylate, as it's known generically, was inadvertently created in 1942 by a couple dudes at Kodak. They were trying to come up with a new sort of plastic and instead made glue, which worked out pretty well. Many decades later, one of my RAs in college inadvertently superglued his fingers to my plastic cordless phone, which was pretty entertaining. Since superglue immediately starts drying when exposed to air, I tend to queue up several repairs at once as to conserve my supply. I have a list of things I need to superglue on a post-it note on my fridge. That's right, I have a note about adhesives written on an adhesive. Yo dog indeed. Which brings us to post-it notes. Post-it notes were famously invented by Joe Post-it, who went on to make nothing from them and died destitute and alone while his employer, the RNC, made millions of dollars funneling it all into puppy torture. What's that? Okay, I'm being told none of that is true. Well, it'll make for an interesting out-of-context quote when I run for RNC chairman. But seriously, folks. Post-it notes are kind of crazy. First off, even though they weren't sold commercially until 1980, the technology behind them dates back to 1962. And while 3M sells them, they didn't invent them. Again, like cyano superglue, it was a couple dudes just screwing around working on something else. Millions of yellow squares later, here we are. What's the point here, Rafferty? Are adhesives good or bad? Well, obviously context is important. On CD and DVD cases, it drives me insane. On Gecko Feed, it boggles my mind. On my cordless telephone with a hand attached to it against its will, it makes me laugh. And as a temporary means of setting a reminder to oneself, it turns me into a Republican. And what about duct tape, Rafferty? Oh shit, I forgot about duct tape. <laughs>